All righty. Hello again, everybody, and welcome once again to Big Blue Kickoff Live here, brought to you by Coors Light, as always seen on Giants.com. Uh, again, Giants getting ready for their big game with the Bears in Chicago. Taking care of us at the controls is the lovely Nicole Barros. With me, my partner, two-time Super Bowl champion, David Deal. I am Russ Salzberg. And, of course, there is you out there for us to chat with. The number, as always, remains to be 201 what am I talking about? I'm giving my home number again. Can you imagine this? I'm nuts. That's, a, that's, that's all you that, want to that's, put out that's there all right I now. Would, that's all I would have needed to do. Social security it's number. Social, address, everything. Yeah. yeah, everything. Insurance claims. Uh, <laughs> 201-939-4513. That is 201-939-4513 is the number. Just a couple of notes. Uh, David, uh, Nate Solder. He was practicing yep. today. Uh, also, Sterling Shepard was practicing today. Uh, so that's certainly good news. Uh, Jack Rabbit was practicing today. Guys who didn't practice today uh, was Evan Ingram and um, Rhett Ellison. So it's just kind of waiting yeah. to see on then. I, 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 he, Coach Shermer was asked about, well, would, you know, um, Shepard and, and Jack Rabbit practice. Does that mean they'll be in there? And I guess that's just the rules. Paul and I were discussing this. Yeah, yeah you, you like to hope so, but once you're in protocol, you remain in protocol till they tell you you're out of protocol. So you're practicing, you're doing all what you're supposed to do, but I, I'm assuming that's not going to be decided. Yeah, I so. mean, those are things that are out of your control with the NFL and the mandate of the concussion, the protocol, and when they tell you that you have the return-to-play protocol to – Go out there and play this upcoming Sunday up against the Chicago Bears. But, you know, it's it's a great time for the bye week. You and I talked about it last week. And for this Giants football team, that gave them a chance to reflect, self-evaluate, and figure out what they need to do moving forward here because to come off of the bye and to go on the road up against this type of defense, especially offensively, you've got to be on, on task. You've got to stay on cue because the last thing that you can expect – is to go there, become one-dimensional, and let Khalil Mack and the rest of that crew become game wreckers because that's when takeovers start happening for this opportunistic Bears defense, and that's when those struggles start happening. So they've got to make sure that they come into this week fully prepared, ready to uh, to go out there and play great football and to go in there and to play fast because that's the one thing that we've constantly seen, not only throughout the NFL but throughout this season, that Teams coming off a of bye have really started off sluggishly. You know, you mentioned, you know, Khalil Mack, and that takes us right to Daniel Jones and th yep. takes us right to, you know, Fumble. Nate Solder. Nate Solder. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I was just just finishing before we came in here. I, w I was talking with uh, Daniel because he's going to be on our uh, pregame show, uh, you know, on Fox 5. But, but I asked Daniel about, listen, 15 touchdown passes, two rushing, is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, eight interceptions, nine lost fumbles, not so good. How do you fix them? And he, he was talking about two hands on the football and, and you know, if you got to throw the ball away or, or drop it off, you have to do that. But, you know, Shermer, uh, Pat Shermer brought up something today. He says, yes, it, it's all those things, but you got to also look at if, if he's in his arm, his motion, and he gets hit from behind. Yeah. You know, that, that's not reckless. No. That's not careless. And, and here's a question for you that applies to all these people. I think it's a slippery slope when 
you're trying to you want to correct mistakes but there are mistakes that i think are made because of somebody is being aggressive and trying to make something happen there are other kind of mistakes that are made when maybe it's lackadaisical or careless yeah and, and i'm not saying the mistakes are never acceptable but you know aggressiveness is one thing it's kind people say it's kind of you can, it's easier to turn the motor down than to turn the motor up. Without a doubt. And to go along with that, one of the things that you have to give Daniel Jones a ton of credit for is usually early in your first season playing when you are a young rookie quarterback and you have the pressure and the sacks and the hits piling up, what's the first thing that they do? They look to run the football. They look to just escape the pocket. They feel and see the rush and they just vacate. We know that this is a quarterback that was under a lot of duress and pressure at Duke, so he understands what he needs to do in regards to dialing it up, not getting scared in the pocket, and delivering the football accurately. But at that same token, you know that ball security is job security in the NFL. And as a starting quarterback in the NFL, the, all the things that come to play, all the plays that you can make, the most important thing that you can do is secure the football, knowing that that's in your hand each and every play, and turnovers and penalties lose football games for you. So it's imperative for him to understand, and he'll get the understanding and the timing of when the rush is going to get there because it's so much quicker than what happens in the college game. And then securing the football with two hands. Like we said, since this has happened, we see drills where he's got two hands on the ball. They're hitting him with pads. They're doing all those things. Now it's just putting it all together and making sure you take care of it on Sunday. You know, again, Pat Sherman also said, he, we, again, folks, this is all today talking to the media. Uh, he was describing what a, to be a football player, it starts with uh, toughness and the willingness to compete. That pretty well personifies Daniel Jones. No question. I, I, you can question. You want to question whatever you want to question. That's fine. Uh, what cannot be questioned is his toughness, both mental, both mentally and physically, because he's taking a beating. He keeps getting up. As far as mentally, this has not phased him. No, he, he hasn't shunned from any criticism. Uh, the minute uh, and, he's and down, let's face it, this has started day one since he became a New York Giant. Amen. Yeah, this goes right back to yeah, the very yeah. beginning. I'm yeah. glad you said that. It's not like just. Oh, the last game he went. No, he has been mentally tough from the moment he put on a Giants uniform. Without a doubt. And that's something that you love and respect out of a quarterback that no matter what, he is going to get up, stand up, be resilient, and get the job done. And these, like we talked about, these games, especially here down the stretch, starting with the Chicago one up against a great defense, these game experiences and these reps that he's going to have make such a big factor for you when you go into your second year we had that discussion two weeks ago when we did it when we were talking about your first season starting your rookie year you learned so much not only just about the scheduling and the grind of the nfl season and we said you play more football than you ever have before but you now all of a sudden have memory that you can go back to you can have plays you can have drives you can have series that you can lean on in your second year that you've been through your first year you don't have any of those you only have recollections of what you had in college that's a big difference when you're looking at pro schemes the way that defenses are trying to attack you and the way that 
you can mentally respond to them without any hesitation. The only way you can do that is by experiencing it and the reps that he's having right now. And it, like we said, that's the whole point of why he's getting this game experience and why they made the transition. We knew it wasn't going to be perfect. We knew that it wasn't going to be easy, but easy isn't going to get you anything in life. I, I think before we open up the phone lines, and again, it's 201-939-4513. Yeah, there you go. Not, that's not my Not number. your home that, number. That, that's not the, yourself. The that's the Giants call. one. Uh, but I, And I think you're going to agree with me on this. Listen, it's no secret, full disclosure here. We were both, not we were, we are Eli Manning fans. Of course. We both, when he was sat down after two games, we both weren't thrilled about it. But looking at the situation and looking – the growth with the mistakes, I think I think we can both say, you know what? What Daniel Jones is learning this year, he's going to be so much better. Quite frankly, not even just next year, but I think these next six games. And let, let's also be honest. While there has been growing pains, there's been a lot of growth along the way in these past eight games that he started. No question. I mean, when you're, you're the quarterback and when you're getting this experience – the game of football is all about reaction. It's about being able to react on that split second and not have to think about it because that split second of hesitation and thinking about it gets you beat in the NFL. When you're a quarterback and you've experienced the things that you've experienced right now throughout this career for him and throughout this first season for him, like I said, now all of a sudden you're playing games, you lean back on these times and in-game, in-plays, you can adjust and react to things because you have the muscle memory and experience from it. That's what this entire season is about. And we need to see the progress not only out of him, but out of the young players and out of this football team throughout the last stretch of this season, knowing that they're making progress and this team is going in the right direction. 201-939-4513 is the number. Let's open up today's phone lines in, in Connecticut with Marco. Hello, Marco. You're on with Russ and David. Hey, guys, how are you? Good, Marco. How you doing? I haven't spoke to you for a while. Doing great. Yeah, nice to be back with you guys. Um, I'm calling uh, about DeAndre Baker. I kind of want to break him down a little bit, and, David, if I can get your opinion on him. Um, I thought when he was drafted, man, I was so pumped up that we went back in the first round to get him. Um, and I knew there was going to be – there's always growing pains with rookies, but I thought – especially like coming out of a huge program like he did in Georgia. Um, I expected maybe a little bit more pro-ready than other rookies. Um, but I, I guess I'm, I'm wondering, how does he compare to other rookie quarterbacks? Like what is the toughest, toughest transition from the college game to the, pro, to the pro game, regardless of the program they're coming out of? So if it's in Alabama or Georgia, I guess expectations are higher. But what's the biggest transition? Um, and then I have another part to the question, but I'd like, you know, if you could delve in on that. Well, I think, number one, the, the thing that you realize is that, you know, from the college game to the pro game, in college you can take chances and risks. In the pro game, you do not have those opportunities. You can't calculate and think that you understand and that you're going to be able to make a step Try to jump a route and be able to recover after it. Isn't it also going to be, sorry to interrupt, isn't it also going to be, David, you're going to see things in the pros that oh, yeah. you never saw in college? I mean, think about it. You're in, in college, and even when you're playing in a great division like he played at Georgia, you're not going up against studs 
every single week, week in and week out, that are precise route runners, that are disciplined, that don't give those tendencies or those those hints away with their eyes or with their body lean, that don't go out and grab the football with their hands immediately, that wait till the split last second and then grab it because they know where the ball is going and where it's supposed to be. I think the one thing that you re- recognize out of him is, yes, there have been struggles. He has had ups and downs. But the one thing that you have to give him credit for is is the way that he practices, the way that he approaches the game. And once again, like we just talked about Daniel Jones, he's going to have to play disciplined, sound technique football, which he will learn that will be able to amplify those strengths that he has and the positive and that energy that he brings uh, to a football team. He also has, Marco, the one thing that we were talking about just before about Daniel Jones. Toughness. Toughness and the willingness to compete. But, you know, in answer to what you were saying, just in line with it, um, remember, in, in college, they're all on scholarship. In, in, sure. in the pros, no one's on scholarship. They're being paid a lot of money. It, you know, it's a far different beast. Yeah. You know, just I, you know, what you say is true. I mean, coming from Division One as Division Two in a major program, it all counts. I, nobody's disputing that, but it, it still remains a big difference. Yeah, I, I, I just, you know, I, I guess the surprise was that, or has been, Valentine, who's come from a whole different world, it seems like than than um, than Baker. He seems a little bit more grounded. It seems like. Uh, or just maybe I, I listen. I'm just watching on Sunday, right? Yeah, and I, and uh, I haven't played, so I, I, just from my eye, it seems like maybe the situations that Valentine's been put in have not isolated him as much as Baker has been. But but, but um, I think remember this too. I think you're being a little hung up on the size of the program coming from college. Maybe yeah, it's probably, probably probably. But I I mean, first round is first round. Yes, and Georgia yeah. is Georgia. A hundred percent. But 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 here's the op- I'm optimistic because last year, the Packers drafted a few cornerbacks and those guys have come back and really done a nice job. Yep. Uh, Alexander and King for Green Bay. So yeah. I'm hoping I'm hoping year two things slow down for them and um, I still feel pretty good about them. But do you do you guys think in a perfect world, Sam Beal would have started the season healthy and they the Giants would have liked him to start the year and maybe Baker come in a little bit slower. I think that's a fair. I mean, that's a uh, fair that's, assessment. That, yeah, that, that definitely is a fair assessment. But, but unfortunately, it's nothing more than a hypothetical. But yeah, it, it's a fair assessment. Thanks, and I think that thank that's you guys. thank you, Marco. And I think that that's okay. something that they were hoping from. Yeah, an or four out of that group was competition. I mean, think about it. If we go back a couple of years ago, I mean, there was a, a a full vacancy list on that, and you could just sit there and go in and out because there were so many players. This was the first time that in training camp that this roster had really good battles at that secondary position. And it, you know, it was kind of fun watching. Yeah, it was. It was great watching. Camp. And training everybody camp. was excited. Every, that was that was kind of the one of the marquee things every day to see was the D backs. D backs battling up against the wide receivers. Yeah. And, and you know, the thing that he, he just brought up, Marco, in regards to the Green Bay Packers and their defensive backs. They did. They struggled last year and realized they were coming out of college and what were they doing? They were learning a brand new pro-style scheme that they had to elevate and get their game. It didn't go perfectly for them. Obviously, the season went tough for them. They lost their head coach who got fired and they brought in Matt LaFleur. So now, all of a sudden, with that year and that eligibility and all that experience that they had last season, now you're seeing it come to fruition in the way that they're playing defensively. 
201-939-4513 is the number. Let's now go down to Atlanta and check in with Greg. Hello, Greg. You're on with Russ and David Deal. Hey, how you guys doing? Good. How you doing? All right, all right. Always good to talk to you guys, man. Uh, I'm calling simply because uh, just looking at the overall state of our franchise, I'm just hoping that uh, we make the correct, like I was listening to you guys recently, and y'all talking about Gettleman and the three-phase program, and I'm starting to buy into that a little, and hopefully this year's picks that we make and what we do with all the cap space that we have in free agency should put us over the top, and I just wish, looking at all the tapes that I look at, and I, and I like Daniel Jones, and I was one of the guys in the beginning who criticized the pick. <laughs> and I must say that. I must say that. I criticized the pick. But once he hit the field, I, I, I fell in love with the guy. I just be wondering, you know, I'm not a coach. And I'm sure the coaches related to him when they go back and look at the film. And I spoke on this the last time I called. I just would like to see Daniel Jones hold the ball with two hands. Th- if we do that... We, we have a couple more games. We have a couple more Ws if he was doing that. You, you know what, Greg? Greg yeah, that's Dan, all I got to say, guys. Dan, Dan, Greg, Daniel must be listening to you because, again, I don't know if you just tuned in. We were just talking about it. I just finished talking with him and asking him about that, and the first thing out of his mouth was, you got to keep two hands on the football. Now, in fairness to yeah. Daniel Jones, when you're throwing a football, you're not throwing, you can't throw it with two <laughs> hands, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, so when, when you're setting up back to pass the ball and it gets knocked out of your hands, you know, an oncoming rusher, that's a different uh, situation. But th- no, no yeah, problem. I, I, I like the leadership role that you took on, Greg. Uh, to be a leader, what's one of the first things that you have to do is take accountability. You took accountability. You weren't on board in the beginning, but you're on board now, my man. Yeah, I am. I am, man. It was a good pick, and I'm starting to see what Gettleman is doing or trying to do. And I'm starting to buy into it, man. And I think we're going to be all right because we're competitive now. All the games we lose, we shoot ourselves in the foot. Hey, you, but once we stop shooting ourselves in the foot, we're back. That, but think Great of, point, Greg, Greg. Think about what you just said. And, 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 I mean, all teams can shoot themselves in the foot, but isn't that the hallmark of a young team? Yeah, it is. I mean, that's the one that's thing true. that you, you learn is how to win games and take games into the fourth quarter and finish them. That's something that takes time to learn as a young football team and that you have to get that experience doing. And that's one thing that you understand when you look at this football team. You and I have talked about this. The Giants football team have the most amount of reps by first and second year players in the NFL than any other team. And one of the things that you know that they're going to do to help out and aid this is not only do things through free agency because they have a million dollars or a hundred million dollars close to to do it in the salary cap, but once again also bring in sound character, fundamental football players that are tough, resilient, and have the type of character that it takes to be a New York Giant. Yeah, you know what, Greg? Right. Let, let's go back. You know, just because you bring it up, they've lost six games in a row, correct? All right, let, let, correct. let's throw out the Minnesota game because that was the that yeah. started the losing streak. But let's go back, starting with New England. In New England, they were there on Thursday night. They were right there in the fourth quarter. I mean, I'm not saying yes, they oh, they're going to win the game, okay? But they were right there. Arizona, Detroit, Dallas, Jets. All there yeah. in the all, all there oh, winnable yep. games. 
You, you could have said they should have right. won all of them. So to me, is it frustrating? You bet your sweet keister it's frustrating. <laughs> but... But yeah. that's that comes. Listen, I'm not happy about it. No one. David's not. No one. Nicole's not happy about it. No one's happy about the losing. <laughs> yeah, no one's happy. No but, one's happy. But it comes with them, but my I, man. I, I must say this too, um, for all people who are critical of Daniel Jones, and this is the last thing I'll say. All the people who are critical, Paulie Dots broke it down very nice the other day when he broke down the turnovers and how many of them were actually the fumbles, how many were actually his fault and how many wasn't. So we got some building to do with our line. And, and like you said, getting all we have a very young team. Once these add a, cute, a few solid veterans, classy veterans to that mix, and we're on our way, man. Thank you, guys, and y'all have a great day, man. All you right. too, Greg. Thanks all right, for the Greg, call. Thank you very much. 201-939-4513 is the number. Let's... Uh, Let's well. Let me remind everybody that if you subscribe to Giants, the the Giants audio podcast, please make note of this. December one, which is coming up, Big Blue Kickoff Live will be will have its own dedicated podcast, so you can begin subscribing now on your Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Player, or your favorite podcast platform. Again, it is December one. Big Blue Kickoff Live will no longer be available in the Giants audio podcast. So please subscribe to the Big Blue Kickoff Live podcast. You can still watch or listen to the show on Giants.com and the Giants app. Again, the number right here for you to call is 201-939-4513. Let's go to Queens, uh, David, and check All in right. with Mike. Hello, Mike. Mike, hey, you're, out, you're on with Russ and Dave. How you doing? Doing good. How you guys doing? Good. Yeah, I just had a uh, couple questions. Uh, what with the offensive line? I know a uh, couple of guys going to be out. And, uh, we're going to have a backup and we're going to be facing Mac. And uh, they got a good deep line, a good pass rush. And I was thinking at first about, you know, I think the course for personnel was double tight and tight end on each side. But I know uh, England got the foot and I've seen on the, on the app that it says Ellen, Ellison might be out. Is that true? I said Ellison and Ingram didn't practice today. I, again, I don't know exactly what that means, but they did not practice today. Okay, okay. Uh, so, question with that being said, I know uh, a lot of guys, and especially me, would like to see um, Garmin get some more action as well with Saquon. I don't think they ran it this season, but what do you think about running a split-back formation to help on Daniel Jones with a little more protection in the backfield? Well, I think that's definitely something that you can look forward to and, and think about. I mean, obviously, both Russ and I talked about that, especially you know going back the weeks that Saquon, you could see, was banged up, giving Wayne Gallman more opportunities to help uh, get uh, Saquon Barkley back fully up to speed, which I believe he is now after this bye week. Well, uh, that's what we kind of mentioned yeah. yesterday. I mean, the fact that he had two weeks. Yeah, you know, uh, definitely will help, and it'll definitely feel much better, especially since he's going to Chicago and it's a grass field. The only thing that I know about my hometown of Chicago and Soldier Field, once you start getting into November, this field is a mess. You know that you have to have good footing, you have to have the right and proper cleats on to make sure that you can cut and make the moves that you want to as a running back. That's one of the reasons, as you've seen, They've given up rushing yards on the road, but at home they're only giving up seventy four on the ground. Oh, so so now that now that you've made everybody nervous, you no, know, I'm just no, I'm, I'm saying I'm like you, but... that's something that you have to think about. We talked about how awful it was for the first game back. Saquon uh, was healthy to, and was up to start. 
it was the worst game that he could have been in because of how bad it was, the slick rain, everything that was a part of the field. So it's a good thing that he's coming back healthy into this one. And, and one of the key things, like I said, for this offensive line is – to make sure they stay on track on first and second down because this is not a defense that you want to get into third and longs against with Khalil Mack and the rest of the group. And that's not just on the offensive line, but that's on the wide receivers as well. They've got to make sure that they don't have drops this game. And you've got to get those extra one, two, three yards after catch, but also securing the football. That's why I think for this game, my pick that I, I picked that thing, I think to believe needs to have a good game and and for in order for this Giants team to win it's got to be Golden Tate. I think that this is a game it's a familiar foe. He's because of his time in Detroit, he knows his style and type of defense that they want to run. He understands what it's like playing in the elements at Soldier Field. He's had big games there for him to get those extra yards after catch to open up and spread out this Giant or the the Bears defense for the running game is going to be huge. You, you know, uh, again, we touched talking about Saquon uh, Paul and I touched on it yesterday. In, in fairness, he's been criticized, and listen, he had some some awful pass protection games. But how, we, mu- we how much? How much that, of that? Yeah. Would, you touched on it last week. How yeah. much of that is a result of not being able to anchor that ankle? That's, I mean, figure when you're talking about an ankle, and when you're talking about blitz pickup, the biggest thing that you say is is you're staying inside out and you're delivering a blow, so you can restart or redirect redirect the blitzer. What you've seen out of him since the ankle injury, it's almost I'm inside out and I'm fitting up to make sure that I don't get beat because he understands what the pressure and the hit and then now having to anchor down, it was affecting him in the way that he was blocking. I think that that's going to change completely. What else you got, Mike? And uh, one more thing. Um, I, you know, I was just listening to guys talking about how we were so close and all those other games. You know, but the, you know, and I agree with y'all. When we get a penalty or a, or a turnover, it's hard for us to recover. You know, normally when I watch the game and I see the happens, I say, oh, man, that, that might be the game. But question, do you think if we play mistake-free football on both sides of the field, and I see a lot of upside with Daniel Jones, I like how he throws the ball with accuracy and stuff like that. If we play mistake-free on both football, do you think we can finally uh, finish the game and, and get that W? Uh, I, I think, listen, I don't know if you just turned in. We were just talking about it. Yeah. They have shot themselves in the foot or in the feet, whatever I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. And they're on a six-game losing streak. The last five games, they were all right there to win them. Maybe they weren't going to win the New England game on the Thursday night game, but they were right there the beginning of the fourth quarter. I, I mean, that's that's mistake football. And, and if you don't make the mistakes, you win the games. They were there in all of these past games. It, 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 what? Yeah. They were there in the Jet game. They were there in the Cowboys game. They were there in the Lions game and the Cardinals game. I mean, they were there. But what what's the expression? You got to learn to close the deal. Yeah. I appreciate it, guys. All right, Mike. Got it. Thank 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 you. You you know, you hear all this cliche talk in football, um, especially from the outside. He just just wanted it more. Like when they, everybody on the football field wants to make a play. (laughs) Wants it more. This competitor, but but when you you hear the talk, and, and I used not I used you hear coaches talk all the time, and I used to think it was just coach talk. It's a hundred, not a hundred percent. It's a hundred and fifty percent true. Execution, execution, execution. If you don't execute, yeah, 
you trip and yeah. you fall and you stumble and you lose. It, it, it really is that you know. Yeah, I mean it, it, that's I mean that's what this game comes down to. And when you look at it, and when you look back, and when we talked about all these games that the Giants were in, they had opportunities to capitalize on them, and they didn't. Think about the Dallas game. You get two takeaways, and you get six points out of it, especially when it's the opening play of the game. Your defense gets you a takeaway, and you get the ball into the red zone right away to start the game. Those are opportunities for you to capitalize and build momentum so that when turnovers or takeaways come a part of it, that it doesn't become, oh, here we go again. As a player, Dave, uh, I mean, you've been through bye weeks. Well, we use the expression self-evaluation. Yeah. How important is that self-evaluation in that bye week? It's huge. I mean, because you just put, for the New York Giants, you just put game tape out there that every other team that you're facing, not only the ones that you just have, but the ones that are moving forward on your flaws. I mean, we always used to say the eye in the sky does not lie. If something that you're doing isn't disciplined or techniques or fundamentally right, they're going to keep attacking those things time and time again until you correct them. What do you know? A team is struggling to pick up the blitz. The following week, that defensive coordinator is sending them all out until you stop it. It's no different as an offensive lineman. You know, you're watching how you set up your technique. How am I setting up my hands? Am I giving any tells to the defense with my stance or where I put my hands or the way that we're lining up with our spacing? Those are all things that you have to indicate moving forward to make sure that you put your best football and product out there so that you can be successful at what you're doing. 201-939-4513 is the number. Again, I want to remind everybody, Big Blue Kickoff Live here is, as always, brought to you by Coors Light. If you choose to enter to win the ultimate VIP game day experience, courtesy of who else but Coors Light, well, then simply text VIP to 90464. That's (coughs) 90464 for more details. Uh, How important, I mean, I I, that's, I guess that's a stupid question to ask. I was going to say, how important is it for the Giants to win this game? Well, they're on a six-game losing streak, so you want to put a tourniquet on on hemorrhaging. But just, you you know, you come out like you want to practice better, you want to do everything better, but then, you know, I still believe it affects you between the ears. Just because, like as you say, they went through the self-evaluation. Yeah. Now we have to come out, and for them to win after the self-evaluation, it gives you a better feel-good as, yeah. oppo- as opposed to, okay, back to the drawing board. We Not only on. that, but that this is a, a great way for us to analyze and evaluate the coaching, the coaching staff, because now with that bye week, you as a coach are self-evaluating yourself as a coordinator. What do I need, or as a, just even a position coach, what do I need to work on with my guys? What are we w- doing well? What are we giving up? What do we need to do moving forward to win some of these games in this next six-game stretch? And when you look at it and when you play a team like the Chicago Bears that are 4-6, and six, that are having offensive struggles and woes, that are going through all the turmoil and all the things that they're going through, nobody would have expected the Bears to be sitting here at 4-6 and six in Week 12 of the NFL coming into this year. They'd tell you you're crazy, but it happens. And this is a game that the Giants can go there as long as they play smart, sound, disciplined football. They can win. They can win this football game. All right, so, so let me ask you this. 
uh, pose this question to you. You, you talk about self-evaluation and, and also the coaches. You know, what do I have to do to make this better, that better? Yep. When does it reach a point? Because if you're a coach and you believe in yourself and you believe in, in the system, when when is it time to abandon the system and say it's not working or or you're saying to yourself, no, I still believe in it. We got young guys and we think it can work. You know, that's a slippery slope as well. And it the, is. The example I'll, of, I, you and I have discussed many times and folks, I'm not remotely comparing it to David's first Super Bowl winning team, but that first year, they, the defense bags, defense gave yeah. up 80 points in the first two games. And uh, it was Dallas and Green Bay, I believe. And then the third game, they, you guys were losing 17 nothing uh, in the second half in the third yep. quarter, 17 nothing in Washington. You yeah. won the game. I mean, so, you know, when is it like, okay, listen, we're two and six. Wait, excuse me. Two and eight. Yeah. When do we fix this? Do, do we abandon it now? Do we tinker with it? What do we do? No, I think that this is where you would adjust and adapt to where you are as a football team. Obviously, you're committed and confident in what scheme that you run and what you're doing because that's the fact of where you're in the position that you're in as a coordinator. But at the same time, you also have to recognize the personnel that you have to run that scheme. And if you don't have all the pieces in place, you've got to find ways to manipulate the scheme to the players that you get a positive outcome from. So, yeah, you might want to go out there and run three wide stuff and all that. But if you don't have a star number one or a number two, you can't run those things. So you have to be able to adapt and adjust. And that's something, like I said, that comes down to coaching. And that's what we're going to see out of this football team. 201-939-4513 is the number. Let me pose this question to you. Is it, in light of everything that's gone on, uh, you know, everybody likes to play at home. But but I think sometimes it is better being on the road. Look at our 07. We are road warriors, 111 straight on the road. I mean, sometimes, you know, getting together on the road, you know, having that hotel, that dinner, that experience, you know, you guys going or going into a stadium and those are the only players. Those people in the locker room are the only ones that are going to get you out of here alive. And, and you know what? Getting booed on the road is a lot better than getting booed at home. Oh, no question. <laughs> and, I, and I always said one of the greatest feelings in the world was, was walking off of the field in Philadelphia or Washington or Dallas and it just being completely silent. It's one of the greatest feelings in the world after dealing with some of those hostile crowds. No, you're right. I yeah. Mean, I mean, it's just... Getting that victory, you know, even if it's not within your division, the the arch rival. Uh, uh, I remember John Mara telling telling us it was, you know, when the, the before they went to Super Bowl twenty five, uh, when they had that big game when Matt Barr kicked the game winning field goal yep. against the San Francisco Forty Nine ers, uh, walking down through the crowd in San Francisco. Yeah, because that's the way that it used to have to be. Yeah, dead, the old candlestick, dead silence. Dead silence. Yeah, I, I, that's so. So maybe maybe it works out for them. And uh, listen, uh, was just in the locker room. Uh, everybody seemed to be in a, a, a refreshed. I, I have to tell you, folks. Maybe I don't know if refreshed. Well, refreshed is work because you just had. You can say refreshed and re-energized. Yeah, re-energized, but th that's never a down locker room. It, it it's never a laissez-faire, matter-of-fact locker room. The, the, these guys care. It's a good group. 
And, and I've said this time and time again. Nobody is more frustrated than the lo- uh, in the losing than the players. I, I just, you know, I know people can argue with me, but Russ, where the fans or the media, I think the media certainly acts sometimes more frustrated than anybody. But you got to remember something. For the players, it's their livelihood. And especially in football, when the contracts aren't guaranteed, they're playing for their livelihood. And losing directly affects their livelihood. Yeah. So, I mean, they feel lousy about it. And they also feel lousy about letting down the fans, especially because they know the Giant fans are great fans and they M- care. More than that, you feel bad because when you have a, a mistake, you feel like you're letting down your brother, your teammate. And that's something that you'll realize and that you'll understand as you go along in your NFL career. We used to have meetings where it would be just players only. We'd watch our offensive film as a unit. They'd watch their defensive film as a unit. And when it's just you standing there in front of your peers, it's one thing just to get beat. Players are going to get beat because the guys on the other side of the field get paid and they're the best at what they do as well. But when you sit there in a room and you're responsible for something that doesn't go right, not because of your heart, not because of what you are gifted athletically, but because you let them down mentally, because you weren't prepared for that moment. It's one of the worst feelings in the world and nobody in their right mind wants to be there looking at themselves on the film that it came down to the preparation, something that you can control. Yeah, I I would think just what you said, you know, we were talking about before, making a mistake because of aggressiveness is one thing. Making a mistake because of carelessness. Or it's a whole said, different story. Not mentally prepared. That That's, yeah. that's unacceptable. It's like, a, it's like a defensive lineman trying to jump a gap because he thinks he can get a sack and he lets up the quarterback on, on a run because he opened it up trying to do too much. Yeah, no. 201-939-4513 is the number of... You've been in this position uh, again with the losses. Is it just a matter of can one loss, excuse me, one win fix everything? I don't think. I don't. It, I don't mean to say fix everything, but can it get you back on on track? Absolutely, it can give you number one a deep breath, especially when you're a young player when you're investing so much into everything you do at this facility and you don't reap the rewards of it. That's one of the toughest things, but you have to earn the right to win in order for that to take place. And then number two, the other thing that you get out of it is is the experience and the capability of knowing that when everybody's on the same page, everybody's committed and dedicated, it doesn't matter who's on the other side of the field, anything can happen. Look at the Atlanta Falcons who came out and blew out the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, you know what Nobody called that game. Nobody gave the Atlanta Falcons a chance. They came off of their bye. They made the adjustments needed, and they've won back-to-back blowout games. Nobody expected those things. Well, they're not making the playoffs, but there's something about pride and continuing to fight through adversity that makes big impacts on the teams in the future. Yeah, you heard Matty Ryan talk about yeah. it after the game. Like he said, listen, what we've done, we've done. But, you know, now we've got something to play for. Yep. And, and let's just, you know, take a uh, better, not a better attitude. A, a Now we got a positive attitude going into uh, the approach. 201-939-4513 is the number. Let's go to New Mexico, check in with Scott. Hello, Scott. You're on with Russ and David. Hi, guys. How are you doing today? Good. 
Uh, Russ, I kind of agree with you that the Giants have been in a number of games this season, and if one or two plays had gone the other way, perhaps our record would be a little bit different. But uh, I've been quoting Vince Lombardi because I'm a big Vince Lombardi fan. There was something he said a while back, uh, which I'll quote to you. He says, some of us will do our jobs well and some will not, but we'll be judged by only one thing, the result. Mm -hmm. And right now we're two and eight, and sort of the Bill Parcells mantra, your record says who you say you are. But there are obviously mitigating reasons as to why the Giants are two and eight. But there's one player I wanted to ask you about, either one of you, in regards to uh, his performance this year. And I happen to think that this guy is one of the top five athletes on the team, if not the best athlete on the team, and that's Lorenzo Carter. Uh, last year, as an edge rusher, I think he had four and a half sacks, and this year he has about two and a half. Uh, the thing that's a little troublesome is that he's only had 18 solo tackles and then he assisted in 15 others, which if you rate him against the other edge rushers is not where it's supposed to be. Yet he's too good an athlete. I just think when I saw him out of college and when I see him today, he's just too good not to be good, I guess, is the, is, is the rationale I'm coming up with. So I'm trying to explain to myself or see if I can get some justification from you guys. Is it the system he's in, or is he underperforming? Because, as I said, I think he's one of the five best athletes on the team. And I was wondering if he was moved to a different position, perhaps an outside linebacker as opposed to an edge rusher, would he be more uh, a benefit to the Giants? And I was just curious if you've had any discussions with him or if you've assessed him. Because I think he sort of epitomizes what's going on with the Giants. They have the nucleus for a great team. They have great athletes. Yet at the same time, they seem to be underperforming. And I was just curious if you had an overall perspective on that, either one of you. All right, Scott, thank you. One of the things that I think that he's gotten better at and that he'll continue to get better at is, is having more than just one move. One thing that you hear a lot of times, and it takes some time for players, is that you call them a one-trick pony. They've gotten along and gotten by with it so often in college that they don't have a secondary or third move that you need to have up against an offensive tackle. So I think that's part of the rotation of where he needs to get better in his techniques and fundamentals. But also, I think the addition of Williams on the inside, I think the addition of another pass rusher always helps and aids another player. We know that he's gotten pressure on the quarterback, but it's not just doing that. It's being able to close out and finish the play. Yeah, You know what? Ryan Connolly getting hurt yeah, oh, didn't yeah. help his situation no. either. No, I mean, poor Ryan Conley. I mean, was having an unbelievable year stepping in there for, as a fifth-round drafted rookie out of Wisconsin to getting into the starting lineup to then being the one with the, the, the dot on his helmet to call all the defenses for that defense. So it was very difficult for that to happen. But once again, this is a time that we need Lorenzo Carter when you pass rush and when you go after an offensive tackle, it's a strategy. It's not just doing one thing. You have to set up those moves in order for it to get through with a big play. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three. We have a comment on Twitter from uh, AJ Marshall three. Marcus Golden having a good season. Hopefully the Giants re-sign him in the offseason. You get my vote on that, uh, AJ, because I think. Um, Marcus has been, you know, one of their very best players. He has. Year. He's not only is he a very good player, he's a terrific guy. He is. I mean, he, he brings energy. Yeah. He brings it each and every day. Positivity. Positivity, persistence, and the ability to fight for four quarters 
all the way through the whistle. He's always hustling. He's always running. He's always playing hard. And one of the things that we are looking forward to is what happened to him post-injury and how is he going to have respond to it? That was the big question. What's he going to bring? We know what he's capable of. Now he needs to prove that he is a valuable player in the NFL. He's earned every right to get that title. Yeah, and he know, has. Nobody else. He has earned it by the way that he's worked. There were little whispers, maybe the first game or so. You know, what's Marcus? Uh, what's he doing? Marcus Golden. He, he. I don't. He's been terrific. Yeah, he, he's been a very. I, I totally agree with that comment. I would hope, and and I'll tell you what. He's making himself some money because yeah. he had a, he's, he's had himself he's been productive. A, a very productive season. Uh, he he is, quite frankly, to me, the whole package as a football player. I, I think he's very, very solid, and uh, I would concur with that remark. 201-939-4513 is the number. You know, just going over the schedule, this ain't no walk in the park. No, no. I, I mean, you, you got the Bears. At, at Soldier Field, you got the Packers the following week, the Eagles on Monday night in Philly. Which we uh, we all hate that Monday night yes, Eagles game. Uh, you got Miami, okay. You got the Redskins, okay. And the Eagles again in the last game of the season. And, you know, Eagles are fighting for their lives. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this is where you see that this is going to come down for this Giants football team to walk away from the 2019 season with a a positive feeling, the only way they can do that is if they come out here swinging these next six games. Leave it all out on the field without a single regret. 201-939-4513 is the number. You know, you know let me throw this out at you because you're his former teammate. It's the last six games, Eli Manning. Yeah. I mean, realistically, I don't think any of us expect no. Eli back next year. Uh, your gut feeling, that's it? I think that it is. Yeah, I do too. I think that it, I think that it is. I mean, the, the career that he's had, the, the type of player that he was throughout his entire career, his accolades, but more than anything, just the character of him as a man. Nobody, and I mean nobody, would have handled this the way that he has. Yeah, I, listen, I have uh, covered a lot of guys, a lot of great athletes in this city, uh, a lot of a lot of gentlemen. <laughs> Nobody tops Eli. No, I'm I'm just we're not playing violins now. There's six games to go, but you know you get asked these questions. Oh, do you think Eli's going to get a start and this and that? No, I don't. I don't believe that. I. I do you? I, I don't. Think I, so. I don't think so. And, and I don't think he would want. I that. don't think he would want nope. it. I almost think it, it. Think going back to with everything that happened with Gino. Well, yeah. we'll just put you in so you get the record, so you get to start. No, with it. he's not no, that he, guy. He does not care if you're putting him out there. It better be because he deserved the right to be out there to win the football game. Be, nobody's been whining about it, but I've I've had some fans. I've ask, heard some it, of that too. Me, to to give think? him a farewell, and, and, and I a, says no. You, you know he 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 deserves more. Um, He's accepted what has happened this year. I, again, I was just talking with Daniel Jones today, and Daniel has he, he emphasized the fact that nobody, you know, he, he was talking about correcting mistakes and getting advice from other people, and nobody has helped him more than Eli Manning. And n- nobody should be surprised. No, nobody Cause, should. Because that's Eli, and I don't, you know, just for those of you who are thinking about that, listen. They bought him 
they put Daniel Jones in the lineup because they felt it just gives the team, this team, a better chance. That was the decision, whether you agree with it or not. That was the decision. We are now eight games into that decision, and you're not going to go back because, it, quite frankly, wouldn't be fair to Daniel either. No. No. It, it, it just would not. So 201-939-4513 is um, the number. And, uh, you know, as far as, well, how about the offensive line? Uh, we, we were all very excited about the offensive line yeah. coming into the season. How would you? I'm, I'm going like this. Men's amends. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, one of the things that you know that definitely derailed some oh, things. Oh, excuse me, by the way. Jalapio is back. Oh, yeah. There you go. Jalapio yeah, we, is we, back we, as well. And that's important. You know, obviously, one of the things that that's derailed this a little bit was the injury to Saquon Barkley. That, that's easily, that can be easily said. But, you know, one of the things that they need to do is, is to make sure it doesn't matter whether you guys have eight men in the box or not. You still got to run the football. I mean, prime example, Delvin Cook. He's faced more eight-man boxes than any other running back in the NFL and has still found a way to thrive. As an offensive line, you have to understand the imperativeness of making sure that you can be physical and bring the fight to them instead of the other way. And the only way that you can do that is playing sound, disciplined football up front and having your technique in line with the player next to you. 201-939-4513 is the number. I understand our friend here has to bid us farewell. Yeah, no, but I'll be back next Wednesday. We'll, we'll see you next Wednesday, Absolutely, buddy. Russ. Now, now, trust me, he's not going for a potty break. He just has some business to take care of. Okay. Thanks, buddy. We will it. see you next week. I'll see you tomorrow night. Well, yes, you Tell will. Tell Yes. No, well, actually, not, I won't make it tomorrow. Oh, I won't okay. make it tomorrow. So Sorry about you that. Week. You got it, buddy. 201-939-4513 is the number. Again, folks, if you uh, want to remind everybody, if you subscribe to the Giants audio podcast, please make note that beginning December 1, Big Blue Kickoff Live here will have its own dedicated podcast. So you can begin subscribing right now on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Google Play, or your favorite podcast platform. Again, starting December 1, Big Blue Kickoff Live no longer will be available in the Giants audio podcast. So please subscribe to the Big Blue Kickoff Live podcast. And again, you can still watch or listen to the show on Giants.com and the Giants app. We got 10 minutes to go. You got phone lines open. 201-939-4513 is the number. Again, 201-939-4513 is the number. Again, though, you know, the discussion came up earlier about, uh, it might have been Greg uh, called and, and asked, well, if you think, you know, we didn't make some of those mistakes or, you know, it's just one or two mistakes, that's always the case. But if you look at the schedule and, and look at that last, the, the six-game losing streak, throw the Minnesota game out. Th throw that game out. But the New England game, they were certainly in that game for the three quarters. Cardinals game, the Lions game, the Cowboys game, and the Jets game. I mean, if that's not the, the example of a young team making mistakes and the old cliche shooting themselves in the foot, then I don't know what is. It's just, you know, it's not making excuses because this is the NFL, but go ask any coach. Go ask any coach, people who've played the game, you, you want a tough veteran squad. Now, 
everybody had to be rookie or a first year or second year player at, at one time or another. But there's a lot of them on this team. But w w when you're losing, all kinds of criticism comes up. Everybody starts pointing fingers. And, and again, Paul and I, I think, discussed it last week. People were talking about the draft of the last two years. Really? You want to complain about the draft? You want to complain about the draft from last year? And Saquon and, and Will Hernandez and, and, and Lorenzo Carter and B.J. Hill. You want, you want to make a complaint? You want to complain about this year? I mean, has, has DeAndre Baker had some problems? Yeah. I don't think anybody on a team or in the Giants organization wants to get rid of him. You can complain about Dexter Lawrence. You're going to complain about Daniel Jones? You might be frustrated with turnovers and what. You've heard me say time and time again, this season is not measured by wins and losses. It's measured by progress. Despite the record, I've seen plenty of progress. Despite the mistakes, I've seen plenty of progress in Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, you've heard David talk about it, and nobody is a bigger Eli Manning fan than David Deal. But I got to tell you, Daniel Jones, watching him this year and seeing his attitude and, and the way he handles everything, his toughness and competitiveness, I'm not going to complain about that. You're going to complain about Darius Slayton? I think that's a pretty good football player. I mean, I, th I think flat out that they have a star in, in Darius Slayton. He's a very, very good football player. So if you, if you want to complain about things, complain, yeah, complain about the losing. Nobody's happy about the losing. We all have our favorites. We all have our favorite players. Whether you're an Eli fan or you're like this guy or like that guy. But let if we're going to make an example, let, let's see, if we're going to put it under a microscope, why has this team lost? Has, has there been one game where Daniel Jones has had his full complement of weapons? One game. There hasn't been one game. Not, not a one. Giants started the season off without one of their top receivers, Golden Tate. Not, not a one. So, you know, the situation, you know, it, it certainly hasn't been a walk in the park for Daniel Jones. And to me, that's progress because there was no whining about it. Anytime there was a mistake or an interception or a fumble, or you never saw his shoulders drag. You never saw his shoulders sag. The guy just came out and was fighting time and time again. So to me, I just, I'm sorry. I, I just, uh, there's a lot to be frustrated about. But, you know, and I'm not looking on it with big blue blinders on. There's a lot to be frustrated about this season. Plenty. And nothing's more frustrating than a tough loss, especially when you feel you let the, the victory get away. But I do think the future is bright. 201-939-4513. Let's go to uh, Mike. Is that in Brooklyn, uh, Nicole? Mike in Brooklyn. Hello, Mike. How are we doing hey. today? Hey, Russ. How you doing? Good, buddy. What's up? Uh, not much. I, I wanted to talk uh, uh, positively about the team a little bit. Um, like you were just saying, um, the, last, the last two drafts have been, you know, you, you, you can't really – uh, graded uh, draft, they say, until five years or so um, to see how the players develop. Well, but, uh, let me just cut uh, you off, Mike. How much better can uh, 
the, the future look. Um, to me, a lifelong Giants fan, I've watch, been watching them since they were playing in, the, in Yankee Stadium. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Um, and I mean, you got to. We have, we have, as of a couple of weeks ago, I think we had more than 500 more rookie snaps were taken by our team than the, than the, second, than the second closest team. Yeah, we had the most snaps. Uh, rookie, the Giants have, rookies have the most snaps uh, by a lot in the entire NFL this season. Yeah, yeah you're right about that. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree with you on one thing, Mike. Just based on this draft, at, at this juncture... I'll, I'll, I'm going to call it a success right now based on just three players. Just three players. And that's, I'm not saying the other guys are this, but I'm going to say it, it's a success because you have a franchise quarterback of the future. I'm going to say it's a success based on Dexter Lawrence. And I'm going to say it's a rousing success based on a fifth-round draft choice by the name of Darius Slayton. Uh, I I agree with you. Well, I, what I was saying was uh, it wasn't my perspective, but that's what I've heard from people, um, you know, su- supposed uh, gurus of of drafts and stuff. But I I, I agree with you 100. Um, percent Saquon Barkley, um, you know, he's 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 a he's a star. He's a he's a bona fide all-pro running back already. Well, he's uh, he's and, a generational uh, player. To have a rookie season like that, 2,000 scrimmage yards, that's amazing. Um, and then to be a captain in the second year with, uh, you know, with other people, uh, I think uh, other people that have been there long, I think is a huge, huge uh, um, move, um, and a good move by the players who, I, I guess, vote for, vote for team captains on the Giants. Um, he he has a, he has it. You know what I mean. Yeah. He he has the leadership. From the first time I heard him in an interview, I said, "Wow, this guy's got it." And you can say that about most anybody they drafted. They, these kids are are well spoken. They're they're char- character guys. They they all are. Well, I mean, Mike, you sound no no. You you you're, you're saying what the Giants wanted to get in there. They wanted to change the character. They wanted to change the culture of the team. They're a terrific bunch of guys. But now, now it's time to turn the losses into wins. Because, you know, the, exactly. the character is only going to be so accepted. The most important culture that you want in the locker room is a winning culture. They, they've got a positive culture, but now they have to develop that winning culture. And I think they'll, you know, they'll win. A, I believe they'll. They got a couple wins in them this uh, this season. I don't like to look past the next, but I um, not past the next opponent. But I, I had the Rams uh, Bears game uh, taped in uh, uh, my DVD, and I watched it last night. Uh, and I, their the Bears offense is 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 incredibly uh, lackluster. Um, and that's that's surprising me from coming from a Nagy system uh, and what they did last year. But uh, yeah. I don't think Trubisky is the answer there. No, um, no, no. But remember one thing, though. And Mike, we, we're up against it. So thank you for the call, my friend. Appreciate it. But uh, yeah, their, their offense might not be very good, but their defense is is pretty good. And uh, you know that fellow by the name of Camille Mack, yeah, he can bring it pretty good. So uh, as let's put it this way, if if this is a football. Daniel, two hands. 
two hands and get rid of it. But anyway, folks, that is a wrap on today. Our thanks to the lovely Nicole Barrows taking care of us at the controls. My buddy David Deal, who had a split uh, real quickly uh, for being here. And I am Russ Salzberg. But most of all, we want to thank you, the fans out there. Because as always, without you, the fans, we'd have nobody here to be talking to. So until next week, it is I, Russ Salzberg, saying to all of you, bye-bye, so long, and farewell. Have yourselves a good week.